Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. Holy Spirit, we, we invite you to come now to speak to our hearts, to do the things that we can't do. We have our own intellect, we have our own understanding. Holy Spirit, we pray that your voice would be the loudest voice in this room right now. God, that you would bring your revelation, whether it's fresh or not, just revelation of your goodness. Father, come Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Amen. We are, uh, all right, I'm just thinking about this. We're going to jump right in this morning and I want you to put your seatbelts on, all right? You can even do it in the physical now, just symbolically. Clip your seatbelts on and you don't know why you're putting them on yet. But here's why I want you to put them on because... um, Over the next two weeks, today and next week, I'm going to be talking about some topics that can be controversial in church, all right? They shouldn't be, okay? Some people are like, yeah, stir it up. Uh, They shouldn't be controversial topics, but they are. And so after speaking about the Holy Spirit a few weeks ago now, living in the power of the Spirit, I had a whole stack of people come to me saying, hey, that was awesome teaching. We need more of that. Can you speak more? So here I am. This week, I'm going to speak to you about what the Scriptures say about being filled with the Holy Spirit. All right? And then next week, I'm going to speak to you about praying in the Spirit or speaking in tongues. Okay? Everyone's like, ooh. All right, and just keeping it really simple, let's just look at the Scriptures. It's in there. I just want you to know, they're both in there, all right? Wherever you're at, and we're gonna have a look at them, all right? So really, these things shouldn't be controversial in any way, but we're gonna have a good look at this. And my prayer is that each one of us can just come with a posture of surrender and really saying, God, I just wanna hear your voice in this. What is your desire for me? And in the place of surrender that we just say yes and amen to what he wants for us. Is that all right? Okay, Ephesians 3. If you got your Bible with me, me, uh, with you, give me a hoot this morning. Anyone? Old school paper Bible. Yes. Oh, all right. Anyone who's got it on their phone. (laughs) Yeah, all right, great. Well done. I guess anyway, you can get it into you, do it. That is good. Ephesians 3, starting at verse 16. Ephesians 3, verse 16. This is Paul speaking. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge 
that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Let me read that one more time, that last little bit, because this is a big measure, all right? How full is it? Filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. How many people know that God is a big God, right? Filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I was thinking about this and there are a lot of times when full is better than empty. Let me give you some examples. Who loves a full fuel tank? There is something about filling the the fuel tank full that just makes me feel like an adult. I'm like, as I drive out of the servo, I'm just like, I am winning at life crushing it. If I got it at a good price, even more so. I'm just like victorious, right? Mind you, I am one of those people who lives on the wild side, right? How many people wait until the fuel light comes on? Yeah, okay. There's a group of us. Just to be totally transparent, I've been driving with the fuel light on for three days now. I, I, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is the truth, 100% truth. It stresses my wife out to no end. As soon as that fuel light comes on, my wife's anxiety just goes through the roof. Three days, I have no idea if I'm getting out of the car park today. But how good will the feeling be when I get to the survey and I just top it all the way up? Come on. Who loves a, uh, a full bank account? right? I don't know if I've ever had a full bank account, but I know that I like it fuller rather than emptier. Amen? Okay. Who here likes a full stomach? Full stomach is better than an empty stomach, right? Are there any of those hangry people in the room here? Like when you are getting towards empty in your stomach, it's like all sorts of spiritual forces start to come out. Right? I know some of those people very personally also. (laughs) What? Do you think I'm talking about someone? God designed us to be filled. I want you to hear this today. This was Paul's prayer for us. When John the Baptist was talking about Jesus coming, this is what he said. He said, I baptise you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie, he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Jesus baptises us with the Holy Spirit. And what I wanna do today is I wanna take you to some passages in Acts. So we have Pentecost in Acts chapter two. This is when God sent his spirit for the first time in history to indwell believers. So we'd seen the work of the spirit prior to that. The spirit would come to empower people at certain times. But this is when God sent the spirit to stay, to indwell believers. And so we see this recording through the book of Acts 
It's the acts of the apostles in the power of the Holy Spirit. They now moved through God's mission in His power. And so I'll take you to a few passages today. And I want us to have a look at this. As I said, I just want us to come to the Holy Spirit and say, what do you have to say? I want you to keep an eye out for three key things. I want you to pay attention on how it happened. How were people filled with the Spirit? When were people filled with the Spirit? And what evidence was there that it had happened? All right. So first one is this, Acts chapter 8. It's going to come up on the screen for you. Starting at verse 14. If you are new to church today, you have come on a great day. I want you to hear this. You're gonna hear all about Jesus and what God has for us as followers of Jesus. Acts 8 verse 14. It says, When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the Word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Okay, so first of all, how did it happen? It happened when Peter and John prayed and placed their hands on them. All right? When did it happen? The Samaritans believed, okay? We read that they were new believers and that's why Peter and John were sent to them. They believed and then they received the Holy Spirit. So for those theologically minded people, I want you to see this, that this receiving of the Holy Spirit was a post-conversion encounter. Are you with me? All right. What was the evidence of them receiving the Holy Spirit? In verse 18, as we read on, it says this, When Simon saw that the Spirit was giving at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, Give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Isn't that interesting? So what we know, we don't know what it looked like, what exact evidence there was, but we know that there was enough evidence that Simon saw something happened and he said, I want to be able to do what they did. Okay? So there was some evidence. Scripture doesn't tell us what. I come to another passage with me, Acts chapter 10 this time, verse 44. This is like a little Bible college session today. Acts 10, verse 44, it says, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. That's us, praise the Lord. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptised with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptised in the name of Jesus Christ. All right, so how did it happen? Peter had been called to the house of Cornelius 
If you read before this, there's this amazing encounter. He goes to the house of Cornelius. Cornelius is ready. He's invited all his family together and his friends because this man Peter was coming to speak to them. When Peter gets there, he preaches the gospel. He tells them about Jesus and that's where we jump in. It says, while he was still speaking. So while he was still speaking, they encountered the Holy Spirit. I had an experience just like this a couple of years ago now. We took our team to a conference, been to thousands of conferences. As I sat in my seat, this lady started to speak. And the only way that I can describe it is that it was like the power of the Holy Spirit just came out of her and hit me. And in my seat, I was bawling like a baby the whole time she was speaking. She was saying some good things, but it wasn't even her words that she was saying. God was just doing something. And the next day I was praying and I said to the Lord, like, what the heck was that about, right? I just spent an hour bawling my eyes out. And he led me to a verse, to a scripture that showed me what he'd been doing in my heart in that time. So sometimes there is just a move of God that we can't even put our finger on why it happens, but the Holy Spirit comes and touches us in some way. I think that's what happened this day. As Peter was sharing the gospel, the Holy Spirit came and moved. So when did it happen? There are some clues in Acts chapter 10 that says that Cornelius and his family, this is what it says exactly. It says, he... And all his family, Acts chapter 10, verse 2, were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. So a God-fearer was a Gentile that believed in the moral law and prayed to God. So they had some sense of belief, but in terms of putting their faith and their trust in the salvation work of Jesus, they hadn't come to that point. So what I'm saying is that they were not believers in Jesus. As Cornelius spoke and told them about Jesus, they responded to this good news. And at the same time, the Holy Spirit came and met them as that was happening. The evidence of this we read in verse 46, they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. All right, are you still with me? Just nudge the person next to you. Say, how are you going in Bible college today? <laughs> yeah, good. Probably not Baptist Bible college, by the way. <laughs> I've been there and done that and I never got this lesson. All right, moving on. Acts chapter 19, verse 19. Acts 19, verse 19, it says, While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. I have met many people like this and I have been one of those people. My mum used to take me to church as a kid I knew about the Father and the Son, but heard little about the Holy Spirit. Depending on what context you've come from, you might know about the Father, the Son and the Holy Bible a lot. 
That is not the Trinity the Bible speaks of. It's the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. They answered, no, we've not heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus. Once, uh, when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. So how did it happen in this one? Paul laid hands on them and he prayed for them. When did it happen? It seems that Paul told them about Jesus. They responded to that message and then they were baptised in water and then they were baptised in the Holy Spirit. And the evidence of this that we see in this scripture is that they spoke in tongues and prophesied. All right, who's still with me? Okay. Great. So what I am showing you here or attempting to show you is that we see in Scripture different processes. Sometimes believers were baptised at conversion and sometimes they encountered the Holy Spirit, a baptism, a filling after their conversion experience. Okay? Sometimes they spoke in tongues, sometimes they didn't. Sometimes they prophesied, sometimes they didn't. There was always evidence of an encounter, but it wasn't always speaking in tongues. It didn't always look like this or look like that, all right? Now, this is where I say this gets pretty controversial in church world. The reason is because denominations love to box this up. And when it comes to the work of the Holy Spirit, they love to say, here is how God does it. It must look like this. And so the Pentecostals believe this and the Evangelicals believe this and the holiness people believe this and the hope community people believe this and we all say our way is right. And you know what I really believe? I don't think God gives a flip about any of those ideas. <laughs> I really believe that. I think we see in Scripture is that God does things how He wants to do them. And He comes in a variety of ways. But what we do see is this, is that people who respond to the gospel message and say, Jesus is my Lord and Saviour, and I surrender, I lay down my life to Him, they are then filled with the Holy Spirit so that they can walk out God's calling for their life. This is the big picture. And that's how I think God loves to do it. Um, Jesus said to his disciples, he said, I want you to wait for the gift. Before you do anything else, I want you to wait for the gift. And the gift was the filling of the Holy Spirit. And I think he desires this for every single one of his believers, is that he would fill them with his love, with his power, with what is required to live the life that he's calling us to. He doesn't call us to do it in our own strength. He gives us the strength to be able to do it. That's what it is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't think we need to overcomplicate it. Does it need to be more than that? 
What if we just have a posture as followers of Jesus to say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Whether it's once off, whether it's radical and I come out of that encounter speaking in tongues and prophesying, whether I just barely feel anything happen, whether nothing happens but my life is changed in that moment, whether it happens continually, whether it takes three days, whether it happens 20 times, what if as a believer I just say, Lord, I want your spirit in me, fill me. What if it's that simple that we would just posture ourselves in this way? That's how I wanna live. God's plan is not for us to live a powerless Christianity. He fills us with His power so we can live that way. I wanna share an experience with you that I had and uh, it was a life-changing experience for me. It was in 2017 and uh, Liz and I had been invited to this pastor's gathering. They brought this speaker in uh, from the States and we knew a little bit about him and we'd actually, we're getting him to come out to our church to speak. So we had this opportunity to go and connect with him and meet other pastors and stuff like that. And um, I walked into the room that day and instantly you could tell, hey, God's doing something. I don't know how to describe it. I could just feel something. And um, I'd heard about this guy, the speaker, his name, his name was Leif Hetland. And um, people had told me he has this anointing on him, this amazing power, and um, it, it's an anointing of love. And I kind of, I've heard that and I'm like, okay, cool. Like, whatever. <laughs> Didn't know anything more than that, right? And I'm standing there and I remember it so distinctly. I was talking to some other pastors and I felt Leif walk into the room. And it was the Holy Spirit, don't get me wrong. It wasn't Leif, it was the Holy Spirit, but I felt overwhelming love. And what was random was that he walked up behind me and gave me a hug and I was like, instantly, I was like, oh my goodness, what everyone said is true. I was overwhelmed with love, right? Anyway, we had a chat, we continued to talk and then we moved into this little session where we had some worship and Leif was kind of sharing some stuff with us. And as we were in worship, I remember just the thickness of the Holy Spirit in the room. It was filling me so powerfully and I could sense that it was God coming out of life. And I said to Liz, like during worship, I said, if he comes anywhere near me, I don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> now, I'm a newbie to this. Like I know some people in church world, they're like, oh yeah, that was just a regular Sunday. I'm new into this space, right? And so I just say, Lord, I'm just, I'm just gonna lay everything down for you in this moment and worship you. And so I close my eyes and I worship. Now, unbeknownst to me, Leif is walking around the room praying for people. And I've got my eyes closed in worship. I'm being overwhelmed by God's love like never before. And the next thing you know, I'm picking myself up off the floor. And unbeknownst to me, Leif had come over to me and put his hand on me. Okay, well, technically, he'd kissed me on the forehead. <laughs> He's a very touchy man, a very loving man. 
I had my eyes closed. He came over and kissed me on the forehead and I just hit the deck. I didn't know anything about it. While I was on the deck, I remember a presence that I knew was Jesus came to me. And I had this vision where he came to me and under my arm I had all these books. And I believe the books were my identity. And he took those books from me and he took a crown and he put it on my head. And so then I've fallen straight across the doorway to the whole room. No one can get out unless they step over me. I have no idea that's happening though. And I come out of this and I'm like, oh, wow. And Lisa's like, how are you going? And I'm like, great, just spend some time with Jesus. <laughs> Overwhelmed by God's love. Now, I know what happened now. And I got to talk to Leif about it, actually. And before I'd said anything about what I believe God did in that time, he said to me, Dan, I believe God was giving you his identity. And he knew God had already showed him what God had done to me in that time. It changed me and God had empowered me in that moment for the season ahead. Now, I still don't understand how and why and when God chooses to come in this way. But I do know this, I was ready. I was hungry. I wanted his presence to fill every part of me. I'm going to jump to a video testimony in just a moment now. And um, this is a video we played last Sunday at Encounter Night. And uh, the guy speaking in this video is a guy named Nicky Gumbel. He's really well known um, in the Christian world, uh, particularly for his work with the Alpha Course. Uh, he helped kind of create and make famous a course that tells people about who Jesus is and what it means to follow Jesus. And last time I checked, or I read this recently, it said that 3.8 million people across the world have done the Alpha Course in the past six years alone. I don't know what the total number is, but it's millions and millions of people. And so I would say that God is using him powerfully. And we're about to jump to a video where Nikki's gonna share about an encounter that he had with the Holy Spirit. Thanks, guys. So when John Wimber first spoke here on a Sunday night in 1982, the following night, we all met in church house over there. And again, he spoke on healing, and again, there were words of knowledge. And I was working as a barrister at the time. I was in my pinstripe suit, stiff white collar, and I was sitting in the front row so I could observe everything in great detail. And he said, uh, there is, um, there are, this is my recollection of it, he said, there are 10 people here with athlete's foot. Now, I had athlete's foot, but I was not going to admit to that. In <laughs> in front of all those people, or at all. Uh, and then he said, would, the, would those people like to stand? Because we'd like to pray for them. Well, one by one, they stood until there were nine people standing. <laughs> I still was not going to stand. But my wife, Pippa, was sitting next to me, and she was going, that is you. And I was saying, no, 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 no. <laughs> Somebody else. <laughs> But eventually the bruising in my ribs was getting such that I felt it would be easier, otherwise I need to be prayed for for that as well, <laughs> to stand and to sit down. So I stood and um, uh, one of these very nice Americans came over to me and said, um, would you like us to pray for your, your athlete's foot? I said, no, 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 thank you very much. 
I said, um, actually, I quite like having athletes work. <laughs> it's so satisfying when you kind of rub it like that. So he was very gracious, and he said to me, um, well, what would you like to pray for? So I said, I'd like to pray for power in my ministry. So he said, okay, we'll, we'll pray for you. And they just prayed for the Spirit to come upon me. And after a few minutes, all I can say is I experienced something like 10,000 volts going through my body. Extraordinary power of God coming. And he, he had a fairly limited prayer, this, this, this man. Um, he just said um, more power every time. It was the only thing he ever prayed. I can't remember him ever praying anything else. And it, there reached a point where I could take it no longer, and I started saying, no more power. <laughs> but that didn't seem to put him off at all. He was, he was saying more power, and I was saying no more power. And eventually there was a kind of, almost a shouting match going on between us. So John Wimber, who had been obviously used to rowdy people at some of his meetings, said, uh, oh, oh, could you take that one out through the... So they carried me out, because I couldn't move. Uh, they carried me out through those French windows, and they carried me out. And out, as I was going out through the windows, I remember John Wimber saying, God is giving that person the gift of being able to tell other people about Jesus. I've often looked back to that moment because it was a very significant moment in my life. As it happened, I wasn't healed of athlete's foot at that moment, although it has cleared up since then. But I'm so glad that I was prayed for because it was an amazing experience. And since then, Pippa and I have tried to tell people about Jesus and to bring healing wherever we can. I try to pray for people like I was prayed for because... I believe that God uses us today to heal people. He wants to use you to heal people. I encourage you to be someone who brings healing in your family, among your friends, in your workplace, in your community. Prays for the sick, binds up the brokenhearted, wipes away people's tears, lifts up the fallen, breaks down division and brings healing wherever you go in Jesus' name. Isn't that cool? That's part of the Alpha course, that video there. And the reason I wanted to show that to you is because I wanted you to see that it can look different. And I've been a pastor for long enough now that I've sat with people and they've seen God do things and they've said, Dan, I just, I don't know if, if that's from the Lord and I don't know if I can believe that that's what God would do to someone. 10,000 volts of electricity that that person shaking on the ground was from the Lord. And I totally understand that. But I've come to a point where I've said, Lord, I want to be filled by you and I'll take it whatever it looks like because I trust that you know best. And if your presence is so overwhelming that this physical body can't handle it and it falls to the floor, then I'm okay with that. Send me your presence. And as I look through the Scriptures I see these encounters where people 
encountered the Holy Spirit, encountered the presence of God, encountered angels, and it was full on. We read about the temple being dedicated to the Lord and and the Lord came and He blessed the temple by filling it full with His presence. And it was so powerful that it says the priests couldn't complete their work. God just overwhelmed them. And I can, I can understand in my head that God is so big, that His glorious riches are so big and the full measure of what He wants to bless me with, at times maybe I simply can't contain it. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with not being the one who decides if someone encountering the Holy Spirit is from God or not. I'm okay with leaving that up to the Lord. I'm okay with God coming and doing things at times that are not the way that we would do things because He's God. That's who He is. And my whole life is full of testimonies where God has come and done things that are not the way I would have done them. And I'm so grateful for that. I want you to turn back to Ephesians 3 just as we finish up here. And I want to read this again. This is Paul's prayer. Yeah, team, you guys can come up. And He says, I pray that out of His, God's glorious riches, He may strengthen you. Now, when do we need strength? Why would we need strengthening when we need strength, right? That's, that's a lot of us. He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being. Some might say in your soul. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. The Holy Spirit gives us strength. The Holy Spirit gives us power in our soul. The Holy Spirit helps us to understand and to know and to believe in how big God's love is. The Holy Spirit fills us. We're not filled with the things of the world We're not filled with our own stuff. The Holy Spirit comes and fills us. And He doesn't just fill us a little bit full. He doesn't just uh, fill us half full. He fills us to the fullness, the measure of all the fullness of God. Praise the Lord. So how do we know when we're full? I want to show you this 
visually. Tim, could you come up here and just help me with this? You can take that lid off. And if you can see this bottle of water, that's how bottles of water come full. But we can see that it's not full. There's all this room. They don't come green, by the way. I've done this for your convenience today. But there's plenty of room in this. So this is not full. Some might say it's full, but how can it be full if I can add more into it, right? So I'm gonna fill it up and then maybe some other water bottle sellers, they might say, hey, this bottle is full. It's not full. It's like a packet of chips these days. It's full of air for packaging purposes. There's room in this, right? Don't know if you can see it from here, but there's room, so I'm gonna keep pouring. Now I'm coming up to the very top here. And so some people would say, that's full, that's full. If my son was pouring this or some of my kids, especially when they were younger, I'd be saying, that's full, that's enough. And they'd be saying, no, it's not, no, it's not. And here's dad, he comes along, he says, well, we can fill that up and I'm gonna put more in there. Now you can't see this from where you are, but that is, it's got that bend on top of it, right? But you know what? That's not full. Why? Because we can get more in. How do we know when it's full? Now it's full. It's full. We can't get any more in this. Amen? There we go. Thanks, Tim. Put your hands together for Tim. I want you to hear this. The evidence of the filling is not limited to the spiritual gifts. They are wonderful. God empowers us to do incredible things through the spiritual gifts. But the evidence of the filling can just be a love that fills you so full it overflows. And everywhere you go, people are gonna come into contact with the love of Jesus. Some people will walk into the room and know that the love of Jesus is that in that room because it's in you and it's overflowing into that space. The evidence at times will be a changed life, a life that is free from sin. Someone who runs from sin wants nothing to do with it. It can be a changed life. The evidence at times is gonna be the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. If you ever met someone so peaceful, you know they are full of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes when God comes, they get filled with joy. It is the Holy Spirit, a work of the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled. We need to be filled with God's Holy Spirit. We need Jesus to come, baptise us and fill us so that we can walk as God's people into everything that He has for us. I wanna invite you to stand on your feet and I wanna finish by giving you an opportunity today. 
Some still might have this question, well, how can I be filled with the Holy Spirit? In John 7, verse 37, we see this scene unfolding with Jesus at a festival. It says, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, He meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in Him were later to receive. We have this blessing that we are living post-Pentecost, that we are in a season of history where God releases His Spirit on believers freely. Can we make it happen? No, but we can surrender to God's intention for us. We can run to Jesus. If the Holy Spirit is a waterfall, I wanna be standing under the waterfall. Fill me up, Lord. And so if you're here today, and this is why I said, if you're new to faith, some people think, hey, what a full on day for a new Christian to be here. You are hearing the fullness of God's desires for us if you're here today. Jesus loves you so much that He will save you right where you are, as you are here today, but He loves us too much to let us stay that way. He has plans to transform our lives. It's gonna happen in the power of the Holy Spirit. So I wanna give you an opportunity today. If you would like to receive the Holy Spirit today, have an encounter with Him, then I just wanna invite you to close your eyes and I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. Father, I come in the authority of Jesus' Name. I thank You for drawing me to Yourself through the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, I thank You for dying on the cross, bearing my sins and the sins of the world. I thank You for also bearing in Your body sickness and disease so that healing could be released in me and into others. Jesus, the Bible says that You are the one who baptises in the Holy Spirit. I ask You to baptise me in the Holy Spirit. I ask You to fill me again and again and again. I wanna walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're praying this right now and you have a sense that you're encountering the Holy Spirit into some, in some way, I wanna invite you to come forward and we're gonna get some of our team to lay hands on you and pray for more. And we're gonna move into a time of worship. And I just wanna invite you this morning, if you are encountering the Holy Spirit, come and be prayed for today. And maybe you're just enjoying encounter right where you are. Maybe you're not getting anything. I want you to know that's okay too. We just trust God with this. We don't wanna manufacture anything today. We just wanna receive what Jesus wants to pour out here today.
Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.